Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to LiveDeliverance.com here on BlogTalkRadio.com. My name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Now, if you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us through any other social media platforms or any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, dates, locations, or platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all of those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. Now, having said all of that, we can get down to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper. And if you have any questions at the end of the ministry, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make any comments that you might have. Having said all of that, now I would ask you to join me in a word of prayer so we can sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place and this time because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus now in my life as I now share the living word the bread of life. Jesus, reveal to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. 
Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace as we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. For you've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name. I pray. Well, beloved, this is uh, part, I guess it's six of your victory is guaranteed. And um, I kind of want to pick up uh, where we left off and, and, and go into the place where we can begin to enjoy the victory that's already promised. As we go through life, God has already equipped us with a plan and a process and provisions that make our walk easy and, 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 and filled with light. That's what he told us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, take, come, if you have heavy laden, if you got any burden, come here, take my yoke, learn of me, and then you'll find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But yet we see believers that still struggle, struggle and wander around in the fog. And to me, that doesn't resemble the inheritance that he's left for us. Part of the challenge is that uh, we have not come into the place of understanding of the covenant and having what I refer to as covenant assurance. God wants us to, to participate in that uh, more and more every day, to grow stronger and stronger in the place that, that he's called us to. Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verses 10, uh, 10 and 11 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that God, who has preordained that we should walk in them. And he asked us some questions about dealing with the things that would stop us. Okay? God ordained steps before you were here, okay? He said God ordained these steps before that we should walk in them. All right, let's do it this way. Let's read the whole scripture. It says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, okay? So then Jesus, when he said it is finished, had all of these works already created that you should walk in. Because he did this before. So the reason I'm bringing that up is because a lot of times we think that um, we don't deserve it. Okay? Again, back to what he said. He said these steps were already created before we got here, before we could mess it up. They were created, sealed, verified in Christ Jesus. Okay? That's what we need to understand because the enemy tells us that because of what we did yesterday, that disqualifies us from something that's already settled and sealed. See, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So when you hear it is finished, we're going to have to walk in that. It is finished. See, we, we don't have to go and try to gin it up. See, because then we're doing it based on works. And he said, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Same chapter, Ephesians chapter 2. It says you're saved by, by, by grace. Through grace are you saved. 
is of faith. Why? So that you won't boast. So you won't feel like you had to do what you had to do so you can enjoy what Jesus has already said. See? You, you, you're saved by grace. You're saved through grace. Okay? Through the process of what Jesus did. He was full of grace and truth. So you're not saved because you earned it. You're saved because he loves you. Okay? Then he says in verse 11, because these steps are preordained, he wants you to know that you were in times past Gentiles in the flesh. In times past. Okay? But he doesn't want you to function in that because when you function in that, then this is what happens. He says, if you're going to do that, then at that time, verse 12, he says, you were without Christ. You were being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and you were strangers to the covenants of promise. You didn't have any hope, and you were without God in the world. It says, but now, now, in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. See, he's trying to, to get you to understand that, that because you are now, you have the ability to draw now, not draw now, excuse me, by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. He didn't say he would be our peace. He said he is our peace. So we have to begin to understand that. That, that, that first of all, God's not mad at you because of what you just did yesterday, okay? First of all, he knew you was going to do it. Amen. That's why he had Jesus to die for that sin, okay? Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews, he, he, he doesn't go back, and, and we're not supposed to be those that try to crucify Jesus afresh so that he can take care of whatever I just did yesterday, whatever I just did last hour. No, don't do that. Believe that when he said it's finished, that that's what he meant. See, we're, we're going to have to learn to walk in the, in the preordained steps. Okay, that's what he said. These are steps that were preordained. God set them in place before we could mess it up. And then he's going to uh, cause that which Jesus has done to be effective in our lives as we believe. Okay? We, we, we've got to begin to understand how this process works. We have to be those that are no longer strangers to the covenant of promise. We don't have to be those that are alien from the what he said, the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, everybody that's born a spiritual Jew, a person that has come to accept Jesus as the Lord of their life, you are no longer an alien from the commonwealth of Israel. See, when you, when you were born again, Romans chapter 8 tells us that we are joint heirs together with him. Amen. See, we are joint heirs together. We are not sub-heirs. We are joint heirs. See, so then we, cannot, we can no longer be aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We can no longer be strangers from the covenants of promise. We don't have to live without hope and without God in this world. See, 
Those are the things that, that, that we have to really allow our heart to, to understand so that we can walk from victory to victory. Okay, I say that so that you can hear that. We walk from victory to victory. We go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We're not those that's supposed to go from, from trouble to trouble. We are those that go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. See, I start out in victory. See, my victory is guaranteed. See, that we've got to begin to, 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 to appropriate that promise. We don't have to try to impress God with our good deeds. First of all, the scripture says God's not looking at your good deeds. He's looking at your heart. Okay? See? So then your, your, your heart is speaking louder than your deeds would speak. Okay? Because God has placed the confidence that we should have in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Because it's in him we live. It's in him we move. It's in him we have our being. See? So we have to, again, stop fighting the grace of God. Okay? We're going to have to stop doing that. It's going to be more necessary in the days to come that you just sojourn in the land of promise. Practice it over and over again. Practice hearing it over and over again. Practice saying it over and over again. Learn to have fresh hope in the word of God. Okay? You're supposed to, we're supposed to grow in grace. Okay? We're not supposed to just continue to flounder around in the grace of God. It's time out for faith accidents. Sloppy agape is what I call that. Okay? We're going to have to learn to do things on purpose, by purpose, because that's what you were called to. Okay? When do things work together for your good? It's according to those that are called according to his purpose. Come on. Not just according to your works. You are called according to his purpose. That's when things work together for your good. Okay? You can see that in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. See? Even through 28. He wants you to see this. He wants you to have no confidence in the flesh. Okay? So then there are things that they were preordained, they were already put in place so that you could walk in them, okay? This is what he wants us to do, okay? So I need for you to stop walking around being broke, disgusted, and can't be trusted. I want you to have confidence that what he has said concerning you, and one of the things that he said concerning you is that he will perfect that which concerns you. Amen. So the things that you might not have done effectively yesterday, he promised he would perfect that which concerns you. We we, we get to, to enter into promises that he made prior to me getting here. Um some of the things that, 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 that I want you to think about and hear, let's, let's go back here and see this. Um, see, God made these promises through Abraham so that we can 
he, they call Abraham the father of our faith, so that we can go back and watch his life, glean from his experience, so that we can then put ourselves in the right position of heart. Okay? In Genesis chapter 12, so we're going we're gonna to look at some, some covenant promises and how they came to pass. Okay? In, in Genesis chapter 12, this is God starting the process with Abraham. In verse 1 through 4 of chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, it says that, hmm, now the Lord said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Okay, now, I want you to kind of notice some things here, that God started the process. The Lord said to Abram, so covenant is God's idea, okay? He's the one that's seeking to save those that are lost. It's his idea. He sent his word to heal us and to deliver us from all of our fears and all of our destruction. See, he's making his promise known to us on purpose. He does not want you to be ignorant. He wants you to come to the place where faith works all the time. So God starts the process because whatever God starts, he finishes. Amen. That's a guarantee you can know. Whatever God starts, he finishes. He doesn't leave things unfinished. We might do that, but God's going to continue to work perpetually to cause his word to become active in your life so he can do what he promised. That, th those are things that, that you're just going to have to know about God. So God came and said to Abraham, I need you to move. I, I, I need for you to, to, mm, I need for you to get out your country, change your surroundings, stop talking to the people that you've been talking to, Get out of the country and from the, your kindred. Sometimes, just sometimes, those that are, are familiar with the life that you've experienced will cause you to think you cannot have the life that he promised. I'll say that again. There are some times that the people around you will try to talk you out of the promise because of your experience that you have displayed to the, until today. They, they, they want you to be disqualified by what you did. But see, God qualifies us by his promise, not by what we did. Okay? I mean, this is just the way it is. Okay? This is the way it's stated. While we were yet sinners. Okay? So then he's not waiting for you to be so holy and good. He made promise that's going to assist you, equip you, empower you to be able to walk in the promise. Okay? 
That, that's why he sent it, so that you would be in power. They that minister unto the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. There's only one direction, he says. They shall mount up. So, okay, just saying that, that, that tells me that God does not want you to be spending your time going through. He said if you administer unto him, the direction that you're going to go is you're going to mount up. Amen. Uh, just as a thought process here, when, when, when I am elevated, the things I was fighting at a lower level are no longer things I have to fight because I've just been elevated. Okay? We've got to see this, understand this. I mean, you find yourself, you find yourself fighting, then Jesus asked us in Matthew 11, if you are heavy laden, if you've got any burdens, if you find yourselves fighting, do yourselves a favor, come unto me. Because when you do, you'll find rest unto your souls. The fight is over, he just said. Okay. In fact, now all we have to do is simply resist the devil and he'll flee. He did not say fight the devil, beloved. He said, you can now, because I've elevated you, I've given you the ability to live above those circumstances and situations. See? That's why he made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above. All principalities, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. See? He wants us to live above the evil that's in the world. And the first place that's going to have to take a root and be done in is in your mind, in your thinking, so that your heart can then gravitate toward what he promised. Okay? He says... Get out of your country. Get away from your kindred. People that's always reminding you of how ugly you've been. You might have been ugly, but the Bible gives us a guarantee that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So I don't have to live like an ugly old outfit no more, do I? Amen. See? So get out of thy country. Get out of your fathers. Get out of thy kindred, that the people that you hang around. And from thy father's house. You might want to circle that. I mean, these are instructions that he's given to Abram. Okay? He's telling him, I need for you to start fresh. Amen. Even in the Old Testament, he made it available that we can start fresh. Abram, get out of your country. Get away from your kindred. Get away from your father's house, your father's rule. I would submit to you, well, in Abraham's case, it was definitely necessary because Abraham's father uh, was an idol worshiper. He was the one that made, formed, and fashioned idols for people to think they were connecting with God. That's what Ab- Abraham's father, Abram's father did, Okay. So he had to tell him, you need to come out from that situation. I, I don't need for you to practice what you practiced before. Again, that's the same thing that you hear. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are 
passed away, and behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. They say, come out from your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. I want you to learn how to live at my behest, at my direction. See? I'm going to teach you, train you, show you how to live, sojourn in the land of promise. That's what I want for you, Abram. That's what he wants for you, beloved. He wants to show you his mercy. All right? He, he, listen at that. Listen at that. He wants to do it personally. Glory to God. He doesn't want third-party connection here. He said, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, and I will show you the land. Glory to God. See? I mean, he starts from the beginning to make things that are new so that you can walk in them, so that you can walk it out. I'll show you this. So then I'll ask the question. Where did God tell you you didn't qualify? Where Show me where God told you that you was the old ugly outfit and you don't qualify. It was the same trick that the devil played on Adam. I'd ask him, he'd say, well, who told you you was naked? Who told you you were not going to be able to receive because of the condition that you find yourself? Who told you you was naked? Who you been talking to? See, he says, I need for you to separate yourself from that. Come out of your country, away from your kindred, out of your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. And I'm going to keep it personal for you, Abe. I'm going to keep it personal by telling you that I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. I mean, do you see how personal this is to God? He's going to do the showing. He's going to do the making. He's going to do the blessing. And you get to do the enjoying. I will make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And let me just help you out here, eh? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make everything contingent on the relationship. And when I make this relationship that's covenant-backed, then I'm going to do something for you to assist you as you walk. All of these things out, coming out from your country, coming out from your kindred, coming out from your father's house, putting your trust in me. I will make you a great nation, bless you, make your name great and be a blessing because you're going to be blessed because of what I did. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. Mama, show you I'm on your side here, eh? I, I, I'm... Stopping all of the mess that you've been going. Come on, y'all. Look at that. I'm going to personally stop the mess that you've been going through, Abe. Because I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. Mm, mm, mm. So, 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 Abe, you don't have any troubles no more, Abe. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to enter into a trouble-free, a trouble-free life. 
That's what Adam had. He had a worry-free, trouble-free life. Amen. That's the way God wants it to be. Abraham, I want to do for you what I did for Adam. Adam was so blessed, Abraham, that the boy didn't even know he was naked because he was crowned with loving kindness and tender mercy. He was crowned with uh, honor. See, he, he was crowned with glory. The boy didn't think about crazy stuff. His, the crown goes on our head. Okay? So Abraham was crowned with proper thinking. He didn't have to worry about nothing. He was, okay, we can just dig into this now. As Abraham was obedient, he didn't have to worry about nothing. God took care of his enemies. The devil wasn't no issue until until Adam started playing with him, until Eve started playing with him. Come on, y'all. Do you think, just as a point of reference, do you think that the first day that, that Adam got to play in the garden, that the devil wasn't there? He was. But because he was thinking correctly, he wasn't entertaining the devil. Eve began to entertain the devil. Don't get it confused. Adam was right next to Eve while she was entertaining the devil. Because after Eve took of the fruit and ate, the Bible says, and she took the apple and get, she took the fig and gave it to her husband, that was with her. Okay? So he saw the whole exchange, and he didn't do what he should have did. He should have just said, no, 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 no. I'm in covenant with God, and God will take care of you. Because he said, he, those that curse you, curse me, he'll deal with. So I, you're not here to bless me, old devil. Because Jesus told us the thief only comes to steal. He only comes to kill. He only comes to destroy. He didn't come to bring a blessing. See? So I ain't going to talk to you, Mr. Devil. I'm just going to stay and live in my preordained steps. I'm, I'm going to live the life of, of fruitfulness. That's what God told me to do. He told me to be fruitful. Me talking to you, Mr. Devil, is not being fruitful. Actually, when I'm talking to you, I'm being stupid. Okay? As long as the, 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 the conversation was between him and God, the, the Bible says that God walked with him in the cool of the evening, the cool of the day. God would come talk to him. I mean, just so that I can get it, y'all, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, walk myself through these things. If God is talking to me while it is cool, then I get to enjoy the cool because the cool came out of his promise. Is that correct? So I'm just walking with God, talking with God in the cool of the day without trouble and, and anxiety and fear. I'm just walking with God in the cool of the day. I'm walking with God in the place where he speaks promise to me when I'm not troubled. The cool of the day. He, he he opens up my tomorrow out sweat in the cool of the day. See, your, your victory is guaranteed because that's when God wants to talk to you. 
He wants to talk to you when things are at peace because Jesus is our peace. Isn't what we just read? He is our peace. So then the conversations that he wants to have are going to be conversations that are taking place in that peace. Amen. See, there is a peace that goes beyond, passes my understanding. See? And I can talk to God in that place where I don't have no fear, where I don't have no intrepidations, where I don't have no limitations. I'm talking to him in that peace, in that place of rest. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot was with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Aaron. Now, what God comes to do is try to talk you out of what God has promised you. Beloved, please hold on to the promise. When you don't understand, hold on even tighter. Okay? Don't try to go figure it out when you have heard what God has said. Because when you've heard what God has said, he's going to do what he said. Here comes the devil in Genesis chapter 15. Now, God had already told him that he's going to make him great. He's going to make a great nation out of him. He's going to bless him. He's going to make his name great so that he can continue the process that God told Adam to do, he will be fruitful and he will multiply. In thee shall all the nations, families of the earth be blessed. Okay? So that's the promise. Verse, chapter 15, verses 1 through 18. And a lot of this, I'm going to let you study it, and then I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit it and go to the next part, okay? Because I'll be here reestablishing that for, for a long time. Because there's so much in it. Okay? Verse 1 of chapter 15 in the book of Genesis. This is just three chapters away from where God just promised him that I'm going to make your name great. That I'll make you a great nation. That I'm a, in the land that I will show you. Okay? I will bless you. And you will be a blessing. And all of the families of the earth will be blessed in you. Okay? So that's the word that Abram should be walking out. Okay? Chapter 15, verse 1 and following. After these things, the Lord came to Abraham, Abram in the vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Wait a minute. God had to come back and tell the man, Stop fearing. So Abram was not uh, walking around in the victory land, was it? He was walking around in the land of fear, the land of, of doubt, the land of worry. Okay? It's the same thing that the devil does for us. He moves us out of position when we talk to him, and he's the father of lies. So he talks to us, and we start believing the lie rather than believing God, who said, Hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you, eh? And you will be a blessing. 
And so then Abe began to do what God told him to do because he told him to come out, leave, stop operating under the authority of others, and let God lead you into the place of victory. But here comes God having to come back to Abe and say to Abe, will you stop fearing? I am thy shield. I am thy exceeding great reward. And then listen to Abe's conversation. And Abe said, uh, Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? I, I thought you said, Lord, that I was going to have the ability to be the father that's going to start all nations. All families are going to be blessed through what I do. And I don't have a child, God. I'm I'm gauging your word. I'm gauging your integrity by what I don't have instead of gauging your integrity by what I do have. Because you gave me a promise, and I need to walk in that promise so I can walk the promise into my life. But here I am doubting the promise, fearing the promise, and reminding you that I don't have no child yet. Interesting. I mean, you do see how uh, we leave the promise and go to the place where we are doubting and fearing. Okay? And it's in his everyday conversation. I mean, look at that. He's talking to God about it. That tells me that this is in his everyday conversation. This is not a one-time conversation that he had with God. He says, okay, listen to what he said. And he said, what will you give me? Seeing... I go childless. I want you to look at the thing the way I'm looking at it, God. See that I go childless. And it's so bad that the steward of my house is somebody that wasn't even in my house. He was an import. It's this steward of my house. And Abram uh, said, Behold, to me, you have not given seed. So, uh, lo, one born in my house is my heir. Not one born of my flesh, one born in my house. A substitute, if you would. This was his normal conversation. He said, talking to God, look at him. You have not given me a seed. I'm living off of the substitute. I'm looking. I'm living off of the calm promise instead of the promise. Compromise. And uh, behold, the word of the Lord came to him again. He's going to keep talking to him. Keep trying to get him to understand that what I said to you is going to be exactly what's going to happen. I'm not asking you to live in the calm promise. I've invited you into my promise. And so the word came to him again, said... This shall not be thine heir. I don't care what you're thinking, Abe. This shall not be thine heir. That's not what I told you. It says, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels, not out of your closet, not out of a spare room, but out of your own bowels, that's your heir. 
And then because he said that again to him, this is not the first time he said it. He said, now, remember what I told you to do? I told you this is what I told you to do. I told you to come out of your country, come out of your kindred, to come out of your father's house and lean on, depend, and rely on what I will show you. Okay? I I told you that. But so then in verse 5, he says God had to do something again. He brought him forth abroad. He took him out of that way of thinking, that place of, 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 of fear, and he said, now, look toward heaven. Number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall thy seed be. I will make you great, Abe. I'm going to cause you to be blessed, Abe. But I'm going to have to get you to stop thinking from the perspective of what you think you don't have. He brought him forth. Abroad, he okay. He brought him into a bigger understanding. He brought him into a bigger revelation, a deeper place of of, of so that he can stand. He brought him abroad. I, I'm not going to talk to you from lack, Abe. I'm going to talk to you when your thinking is expanded. Look toward heaven now. Look toward heaven and see if you can number the stars. If you're able to number them, he said, that's what I want you to think about because that's how your seed is going to be numbered. So he changed the image that was in front of him because the image that was in front of him was being talked about by him. Okay? You ain't giving me no seed. I still go childless. What he was seeing is what he was talking about. And so God helped him and caused him to see something differently. He said, okay, Abe, yeah, let's do it this way. Can you number the stars? When you get to seven zillion and you still can count, he says, that's your seed's number. So shall thy seed be. And then he said, since he saw differently then, after he was brought forth abroad, He began to say, and he believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And then God says, now, I am the Lord, and I brought you out of the earth of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. So then... Abram, Abram started asking a deeper question. He said, well, okay, how do I know that I'm going to inherit it? Since you're telling me it's not going to be on the seed that I don't have, how then shall I know that I shall inherit it? Okay? He's, he's, he's trying to put his faith in something else. Abe is not talking about what he don't know. He says, okay, well, show me what you're going to do. How will I know that I'm going to inherit it? You, you told me to look up and count the stars, so I, I couldn't count them. So then I need to have something that's going to make me understand how this is going to happen. And then from verse 9 to the rest of uh, this, this, this passage of Scripture, to verse 18, 
he starts showing him the process of covenant. The next thing that he did is showed Abraham covenant. And he said, take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took all of these and he divided them in the midst and he laid one piece against the other, but the birds he did not divide. And then the fowls came upon the carcasses and Abraham had to drive away those things that were trying to steal his promise. This is cutting the covenant here. This is what God showed him. And because this is something that was customary in Abraham's day, in Abe's day, I keep joining in front of him, call him Abraham, in Abe's day, that Abe understood this. He understood that there was a covenant that's cut here. And then it, it, it goes on uh, to say some things in the next chapter about how this covenant was going to be uh, executed. See, the Bible says that, that when night was come, after the, he, had to, uh, um, um, he had to drive away the, 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 the demons, the, the, the fowls, it says when the sun was going down, verse 12, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And God said unto him, know of a surety, what I'm saying to you is going to happen even beyond the trouble that you're about to see that's going to happen. They say there are going to be people in the land that they go to, and they're going to serve them, and they're going to afflict them 400 years. So he gave Abram a, a date then, didn't he? He says, I need for you to hold on to this promise, Abe. I need for you to hold on to this promise 400 years. Y'all, let me just help y'all out yeah, so we can see this. Um, some of the things that God wants to do because he wants to do it good and perfect, it's going to take time. Amen. So then you're going to have to be having the mindset that I'm not going to be moved by time because the promise that God made stands outside of time and affects my life. Because he said 400 years. This word that I'm speaking to you, Abe, it's going to last 400 years. At the end of the 400 years, then you're going to begin to see stuff that I've already told you. Okay? And he says in verse 14, And that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. And afterward, they shall come out with great substance. I'm not just telling you something that you're going to barely get up, be able to enjoy. He says that this is going to be so much so that the people that I'm going to cause to come out of you, out of your loins, they're going to come out with great substance. And you, eh, you're going to go to thy fathers in peace, and you're going to be buried in a good old age. See? He, he, he's encouraging him now because of all of the stuff that he will have to go through. He says the covenant is going is a promise that will not change, eh? It's going to outlast what we know as comfortable life. Four hundred years, eh? I'm still gonna do it. I'm committed to the word that I spoke to you for a minimum, eh? Of four hundred years. Wait a minute. I'm gonna start the process four hundred years from now. 
I've already spoken the process. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it so that everybody know it had to be God. Couldn't have been Abel. Some of his children, it had to be God. So what what God is doing here is He's showing him that the trust that you place in me, I'm going to reward you for. I don't care how long it takes, Abe. I'm going to reward you for it. So he's getting him back to the place where faith is alive in him. Because Abe had had waned in his faith. Whenever you go to complaining, beloved, let me just help you out. You have you've gotten weary in your well-doing. Amen. Let's just get that out the way. Okay? When you start complaining, because what he was doing, the conversation, and you're not even complaining to other people. He was complaining to God. Come on, y'all. Look at that. How many times in our prayer life have we complained to God because we think God's not doing what he said he was going to do? God had to come and tell Abram again and say, no, 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 don't you fear, Abe. I am thy exceeding great reward. Okay? I, I, I told you this was what's going to happen, and here we are three chapters later. You, you don't get it. You're still telling me, well, see, you ain't gave me no seed. I still am childless. How many times have we done that? Okay? Instead of getting to the place where we hear the word, we believe the word, and know that the word that we believe is going to bring forth the promise, the fruit that God said it would do. In Romans chapter 4, I'm going to revisit what Abram, what Abram now had to do because God changed his name to Abraham, okay? Because part of the cutting of the covenant is a change of name. It was Abram, and then God put the I am in uh, and, and collaboration with Abram's name, and it was Abraham. Abram, okay? He put the I am there. So in uh, chapter 4 of the book of Romans, we'll pick back up and look back at what uh, Abram had to do to become Abraham, to become the father of many nations, okay? In verse 4, starting at verse 16, Romans chapter 4, verse 16, okay? Want want to go back and, and look at how Abram walked this thing out. He did a whole lot of stupid stuff. He 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 went on to, to 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 listen at his wife rather than listen to God because God told him, "I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you how to operate by faith." But Abram uh, listened at his wife, and his wife said, "Perhaps it'll be uh, that you can have a child by my uh, uh, handmaiden." And so Abram said, "Well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try that." And as soon as the child was born, they, they, they named the child Ishmael. That was a stanky situation. See? And then God had to come back and tell him, say, nope, nope, nope. I didn't tell you nothing about stuff that stank. I didn't tell you about Ishmael. I said, your seed is going to become out of promise. And the promise was Isaac, the son of promise. See? 
So he had to go through that process to begin to, to put himself back in the place where the word that was spoken to him is the word that moved him, is the word that sustained him. Verse 16 of chapter 4 of the book of Romans. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Because the promise that God gave to, to Abram was not just to Abram. It was to everybody that would fall under the category of the father of faith that led them into this place of victory. Okay? So he's doing this so that we can enjoy it, so that we can participate. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be of by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed to that only which is of the law, but to that which is also of faith, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written. Notice what we see. We get to see what's written, not just what we think we heard. Come on. This, this became so real to Abe that he passed it on and gave it to his children's children. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who does what? Who makes alive, quickeneth the dead, and God calls those things which be not as though they were. So this is what we do now that we're on this side of Calvary. See, we have to believe what was written. That would mean we probably are going to need to study what was written so that we can believe that which is written. Okay? That's why it was written, so that we can attach faith to the words that have been spoken by God. Because man is not supposed to live by bread alone, but he's supposed to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Words that have been recorded through the annals of time, they have been written. See? And God is going to speak into your future. Okay? He's not speaking into your mess. He's speaking into your future. He's speaking out of your mess into your future. As it is written, I made thee the father of many nations. Before him, he believes even God who makes alive or quickeneth the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. And this is what Abe got to the place we're doing. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. See, Abraham had to get to the place where he believed in hope against hope. Okay? It, 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 it doesn't even make sense. For, for for me to still be arguing with God that I think you can, I hope you can. I you know he says he he against hope believed in hope. He took his natural hope and put it on pause and he believed in the spiritual hope that came from the word of God. Okay? He he believed in that hope. He had to put aside natural things. Okay, he's gonna tell us that here. He will believe, against hope, believed in hope that he might become the fathers of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall I seed thee. And please notice the process here. 
and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Wait a minute, let's go back and see some things here. Notice Abram had to get to the place where he was no longer weak in faith. Okay? If you're going to be weak in faith, trust, adherence to the word of God, then you're not going to receive the promise that comes by faith. You're still going to try to practice. <laughs> you're still going to practice faith rather than walk in faith. Amen. See, when I walk in a thing, I, 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 okay, let's do it this way. When you see a chair that you want to sit in, you don't practice sitting in the chair 15 times before you sit in it, do you? You do it because you believe that that chair is going to hold you up. See. See, so you, you can't just go and say, I, I, I'm going to try it. No, no, the try of the word is not going to be blessed. It's the doer of the word. That's the one that's going to be blessed. So then Abraham had to come to the place where he was no longer weak in faith or just trying faith. Okay? I just tell my daughter all the time, she said, well, Daddy, I'm trying. I say, nope, Daddy, that's not the way it works. It's the doing of the thing, not the trying of the thing. But you're going to have to make a decision that this is it and it, there is no other way about it. I'm walking here. See? I, I, I'm going to be the one that functions in the promise, not the one that's trying to figure out the promise. Okay? I'm, not, I'm no longer going to be weak in faith. And one of the ways that you would be weak in faith is to consider your circumstances. So he had to stop doing that process because as long as you're doing that process of, 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 of trying the word, you're then considering your circumstances. See, Abram had to get to the place where it says that he was no longer weak in faith because he considered not his own body, which was now dead. Come on, y'all. I mean, that's just powerful. He said, I'm not expecting my flesh to do it. I'm expecting his word to do it. I'm not going to consider my own body because my own body is dead. This is going to come from faith, not from my, uh, my intellect, not from my prowess. It's going to come by faith. See, I'm going to have to, against hope, believe in hope, that that which was spoken might be what I'm going to operate in. Not being weak in faith, considered not his own body, now dead, when he's about 100 years old. I mean, look at this. Understand this. He did not consider his dead body or his active age. Did you get that? He did not consider his own body, which was dead. Neither did he consider his age, which was 100 years old. And he also did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mean, when you look at this? God had to go through three steps in order for this to happen that said it couldn't happen. His body was dead. He was 100 years old, and Sarah's womb was dead. Wow. See? So all kind of things were aligned against him. 
But see, he had purposed in his heart that he's going to hope against hope. I'm not going to do this on my natural concepts. I'm going to do this on that which was spoken. Say, notice that we got three things that he passed. He did not consider, he was no longer weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Okay? He did not consider his age. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. And because he didn't do this, he now has motion. Watch this. Verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He did not try to approach the promise of God with the, boy, I sure hope this worked. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Do you see that? So he was no longer weak in faith. If you're weak in faith, you're going to stagger at the promise because of the things that are circled around you, circumstances. He didn't consider his own body, which was dead. He didn't consider his age, which was 100. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. And by doing that, he was not weak in faith. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, and strong faith changed things because God is where the glory is going to rest. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God, not dependent on his ability to do something. See, he was strong in faith, putting the power back to where the power should be, the power is of God. See? So he didn't approach this as if I've got to do something. i got to make this happen. That would be you staggering at the promises of God through your unbelief. But he was strong in faith, and he gave God the glory, and because of that, he was fully persuaded. And it says, and being fully persuaded, not having arrived at, and then go try to function from there. He was being actively participating in faith that is full about what God has promised. He was able also to perform. So he, he wasn't counting on him. He did not consider his own body that was already dead. He did not consider his age, which was 100 years old. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, he was persuaded fully that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. See, so some of the things that that, that we try to do, we, we try to get uh, God to participate in our plan of failure. Okay, do you see that? We, we try to get God to participate in our plan of failure. He said he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Okay? So God is not interested in coming back to the place of your uh, thoughts of in, inadequacies. 
He's not trying to come back there. He's trying to get you to the place where you would believe that because he said it, it's going to happen. And it says that he was fully, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And because of that, therefore, again, I tell you every time I see it, whenever you see the word therefore, back up and see what it's there for. It's there because what he did was operate in righteousness, not his righteousness. It says this righteousness was imputed to him. It was accounted to him that since you think like this, since you function from this perspective, then I'm going to call that righteous, and now because I can call that righteous, getting the thing done is easy. See? It says, therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Not, now, it was not, uh, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed unto him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised Jesus from the dead. He, he's inviting us into this same righteousness, a righteousness that does not count on us but gives glory to God, saying that what you have promised, Lord, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be fully persuaded perpetually about that. See? I'm going to have to settle myself in that. Why? Because when I settle myself in that, you can work. Righteousness then can be the venue that I go to my victory. See? I, he wants us to walk through righteousness to get to victory. He doesn't want us to walk through effort to get to victory because that's not what did it. Abraham had already came to the end of that. He had already said, okay, uh, wife, I'm going to go into the handmaiden. And God came back to him and said, nope, that's not the way this thing works. That's not righteousness. That's flesh. It smells, okay? I, I want the things in your life. One of the reasons, beloved, that he wants the things in your life to be done by righteousness is because the devil can't affect righteousness. Glory to God. He can't stop righteousness. He can stop flesh. Amen. Okay? He, he can, if you produce things in the flesh, then the devil still has an entrance to stop that thing or cause it not to work uh, effectively. Okay? But when you do things through the righteousness of faith, then the devil can't do nothing with that. Okay? Because that's not born of the of flesh. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Come on, y'all. Whatsoever is born of God, whatsoever is born of righteousness, overcomes the world. But if you're going to do something and then uh, allow the devil to assist you in it, that's the one we're supposed to resist, not assist. See? You do it a little bit of you and a little bit of God. A whole lot of you and a little bit of God. So, no, 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 no. Abe came to the place where he understood that no I'm going to do it God's way, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. See? There's no way the devil can get in there then. 
When he comes to, to, to try to tell you uh, uh, that you don't deserve it, then you can remind him it wasn't done because I tried to do it. It was done because I walked in righteousness. Amen. See? The, the righteousness definition is the way a thing, the view or a, the opinion or view of a thing as it ought to be. So then when the devil comes and tells you you can't, you can really tell him, well, really, I didn't do it. This was done through righteousness of faith. This was done, not done because I really wished it to be done. See, I really willed it to be done. This was done through the righteousness of faith. See? The righteousness which of faith, Romans chapter 10, tells us it speaks this way. It doesn't say who's going to go to heaven and bring it down, who's going to go below the earth and bring it up. It says that's not the way righteousness, which is a faith, speaks. The righteousness, which is faith, which is a faith, goes this way. It's of God, not of me. See, that's what the righteousness, which is a faith. You can say that confidently. See? That I will say. Just turn over there so you can see that. Turn over to Romans chapter 10. You was in chapter 4. Just flip over there to chapter 10 so you can see that. I mean, there's a way that righteousness speaks, see? So that we need to avail ourselves to the way that righteousness speaks because then those are the words that, that will overcome every time, all the time. Because his word does not return to him void. As long as his word is active in your life, active in your mouth, then righteousness is speaking. Devil can't stop this. Let's turn over there to Romans chapter ten, starting starting with verse six. It says, "But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise." These are the conditions that the righteousness of faith talks from. Don't say in your heart. Don't say in your heart the wrong things. The righteousness of faith is not going to be uh, functioning uh, according to the unrighteous thoughts that you have. Remember? That, that, that's, that's what he was telling us back there. It says that, 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 that he did not, uh, he did not uh, continue to function uh, by the faith that was weak. See? He did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. See, who shall do this for me? How is this possible? That's trying to appropriate the righteousness of God through unbelief. He didn't stagger at that, okay? Says, but the righteousness of faith, which is of faith, speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend to heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ again from the dead. But what does the righteousness which is of faith say? It says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be delivered, saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It says, see, the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way, that the word is nigh you. 
even in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of this thing, that Jesus is the one that's getting this done, if you will confess that with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has made all things possible, which includes raising Jesus from the dead. So Abraham, Abram, when he said, okay, I need to change my thinking, I'm not going to consider my own body, which is now dead. I'm going to have my confidence in the God that can raise the dead that could bring life to a dead situation. I'm not going to try to approach this uh, through unbelief, through staggering. Okay? God has already told me this is going to happen. He sent a word to you to cause you to be delivered. So he sent a word to you that says your finances are going to be healed because I'm healing your finances now. See, then we have to believe that word. We have to believe that he said that my body is going to be the recipient of a word of healing. I have to believe that. I can't consider my own body that now hurts. I can't stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. I have to activate by being fully persuaded that what he has spoken, what he had promised, he was able also to perform. See, he wants to do this. He wants to show himself strong. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro over the whole earth so that he can show himself strong in the behalf of those that have a perfect heart towards him, a mature heart towards him, a heart that's saying, I believe God that has spoken, and as he has spoken, so shall it be. See, I'm not going to approach the promises of God staggering through unbelief. I'm going to put that thought process down. I'm going to eliminate that. I'm going to be fully persuaded. Not partially persuaded. Not persuaded for 10 minutes, and then for the next two hours, I'm not persuaded. I'm not going to be double-minded because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't even think that that man shall receive anything of the Lord. I'm going to be fully persuaded that what he has said, he's able to bring it to pass according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. So the righteousness, which is of faith, does not say through unbelief, I hope God can. I need God too. The righteousness which of faith says, it's in my mouth. The word is nigh me. It's close to me, even in my mouth. And it's even in my heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if I will confess, say with my mouth, that Jesus is Lord of this, and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I shall be delivered, I shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Glory to God. Did you get that? That when you, with the, with the heart, you can believe to the position of faith that works. You believe unto righteousness. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto deliverance, salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him will not, shall not be ashamed. 
they will not be denied. See? There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord is over all, rich unto them that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. How then shall they call upon him who they not believe? How shall they believe on him in whom they not heard? And how shall they hear except a preacher, without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things and bring glad. Come on, just look at what he just said. Look at what he just said. He said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. They bring those with them. They walk saying that which God has said. They walk in agreement. They are not staggering at the promise of God through unbelief. That bring the glad tidings of good things. But they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who have believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then the process is that I find what the word says. I allow my eyes to be locked on that. I look at the promise from the finished work of Jesus, and then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then I don't hear I can't. I don't hear you don't deserve it. I don't hear God's not going to bring it to you. I can't hear that. There was no faith in that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is the, the righteousness of faith that speaks, that says, it's in my mouth. It's in my heart. It's near me. God is so interested in, in, in causing his word to come to pass that he came to where I am. It's near me. Glory to God. These promises are not afar off, beloved. He is near you to deliver. He is near you to cause victory. That's the way that this whole thing was set up so that we can win all the time. Turn to Psalms 92. Psalms 92. See, this is, this is how the joy is supposed to, to well up in your heart. I, I, I don't want you to just be, okay, that's good, sir. I don't want you to just be glad you heard it. I want you to be glad you received it. Amen. I want you to be glad that you know you can walk in it, that you can live by it. See, that's the good news gospel. See, that, that I can enter into this. I can experience victory because of this. I, I don't want you to have an emotional uh, attachment that said, that sounded good. That's not what I'm interested in. Glory to God. See? Because he said, how shall we hear if we don't believe? See, it wasn't just about, just about hearing. How shall you call upon him if you haven't believed? Whosoever believeth on him, that's the one that's not going to be ashamed. See? But I'm not, I'm not, just, I'm not just trying to give you a goosebump, beloved. I'm not interested in you having a goosebump. I'm interested in you opening your understanding, having your understanding open so that you can see what your next steps are supposed to be. Glory to God. See, 
You, you, you'll then come to the place where you say, no, these are my preordained steps. This is what I should walk in. Huh. Let's look at this. Wow. Psalms 92, verse 4 and following. It says, for you, Lord, has made me glad through what you do, through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thine hand. I'm not just glad because I heard it. I'm going to be glad because of what you're doing through your work. Amen. See? I, I, I mean, we, we probably had enough emotional exchanges. We need to be glad because the work is being done. Amen. See, we, we're not going to stagger anymore through the unbelief, through just how I feel. Today I feel good. Tomorrow I don't feel good. See, no, 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 no. You made me glad through what you did, Lord. I will triumph in the works of thine hand. Oh, Lord, how great are your works, and your thoughts are very deep. Wow. See, he, he, he wants you to get to the place where you, you believe that, understand that. See, your thoughts are, are very deep. Your, your, your thoughts are, are not shallow thoughts. They're not thoughts that just tickle me. They are thoughts that cause me to be able to walk in my victory. A brutish man, he said he don't know that. Somebody that's always arguing, hard-headed, saying, well, it can't be for me. He said he doesn't know this. He does not understand this. A fool can't understand this. See, because this, God's not, he's not, He's not worried about the size of your enemy. Glory to God. He's not concerned about the size of your enemy. He knows they big, but he's bigger. He knows they bad, but he's the one that promised you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He didn't say equal to. He said greater. Say, you made me glad through your works, Lord. I will triumph in what your hands have done. See, I, I'm going to think about that. I'm, I'm not concerned that I've got to get you to do Come on, let's hear this. I'm not just trying to get you to do something, Lord. I'm trying to rejoice in what you've already done. See, I'm not staggering at the promises of God through unbelief. Oh, Lord, please deliver me. Oh, Lord, please. Do no, 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 no. I am rejoicing in what you've already done, Lord. You made a, a, a way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man can get to the Father but by me. I'm not trying to, to, to wait till you do something. I am the one walking through what you've already done. Say, I triumph in what you've already done. I triumph in the it is finished. I live in the it is finished. Not that I hope it will be. Now, I'm trying to get you to think from a different perspective here. How great are your works, and your thoughts are very deep. A brutish man, he don't get this. Neither does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up as grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. For lo, Thine enemies, O Lord, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn, 
You are going to do something with my horn. You are going to exalt my horn like the horn of a unicorn. You're going to cause it to stick out in a prominent place. This is not going to be something that's done in a vacuum, done uh, in, in darkness or hidden. You said my horn is going to be exalted. It's going to be exalted like the horn of a unicorn in an obvious place. And I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Glory to God. I, I, I'm not just going to be uh, anointed with thoughts that I've thought before. I'm going to be anointed with fresh oil. Glory to God. I'm going to be the one that's able to enter into new places of victory. Fresh oil. My thoughts are not just going to be, Lord, you used to do it for them. My thoughts are going to be, Lord, this is what you want to do in my life. I'm not going to try to function and operate according to, I'm not going to walk in the the, the possibility of God. I'm walking in the accuracy of God, not just the possibility. The works of your hand. That's what caused me to be glad, Lord. I triumph in this. See? I'm not just stuck with, you know, uh, you know God can. Won't he do it? No, I'm, I'm walking in. This is what he's already done. Because it's already promised. See? All of the enemies of God are going to perish forever. All of the iniquity, the workers of iniquity are going to be scattered. My horn. This is my expectation. My horn. Okay, wait a minute. It says the next word is shout, which is an old English word that says guaranteed to happen. My horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall guarantee, absolute imperative, be anointed with fresh oil. He didn't say I'd like to. See? He's trying to get me to understand the the, the confidence that covenant gives me. See, I I speak differently when I'm sure about a thing. See, he said in in, 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 um, Isaiah 55 that I'm supposed to be the one that partakes of the sure mercies of David. Not just possible mercies, the sure mercies of David. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, I'm thinking that that's what I bring to my mind. See, I'm thinking about the yes and amen, not the I show hope so. So then if if you've been functioning out of the I, I show hope so, I need for you to change that and function on from the position of not his possibility, but his, of his assurance. You, you, you need to think differently. Abraham came to the place where he was fully persuaded. See? Not the place that he was continuing to hope, because he said he hoped against hope, that he could enter into that which was promised, that so shall I see thee, according to that which was spoken. See? My horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes shall also see my desire on my enemies. <clears throat> mine ears shall hear the desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. <clears throat> he shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the house of our God. They shall 
still bring forth fruit in their old age. Excuse me, they shall be fat and flourishing. Why? To show that the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and that there is no unrighteousness in him. He's, He's inviting us into things that are already preordained steps that we should walk in. See, he's inviting us into the victory that has already been won by Christ Jesus. We don't have to stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. We can walk in victory because your victory is guaranteed. Your way or God's way. God's waiting on you today to allow his presence to fill up that which is lacking in your understanding. Because the entrance of his word, it gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The righteousness which is of faith does not speak on this wise. Who shall ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Who shall descend to the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does the righteousness that is of faith say? That the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word that we preach. That if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Your way. Or God's way. God's waiting on you today. Father, we just bless you and we thank you for what you're revealing to us, for what you're speaking to us, for what you want us to walk in, the victory that is preordained, so that we will know for a certainty that as we walk in your word, we walk out our victory. Thank you, Father, for causing this revelation to be alive in our spirit so that we can birth victory over and over and over again. That's the word that's in our mouth, the word of faith, the righteousness which is by faith which we speak. We give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you is done. In the master's name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, and the redeemed of the Lord, said together, amen, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Well, again, as we get to this part of the uh, the ministry, I uh, offer you the opportunity to, if you have any questions about the, the ministry tonight, you can ask those questions. If you have some comments that you want to make, uh, you can uh, make those uh, comments tonight. So if you have any comments or questions about the ministry tonight, um, we'll give you an opportunity to to make that. Area code 404 Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? I enjoyed the whole the whole uh, ministry you did tonight, but what I really got into was when you said uh-huh. early in the, um, in the process that um, we already had it at birth. And we right. tried to give it away. We were born yeah. with 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 um, promises and blessings. 
Yeah. And as we grew older, we, we kind of threw them away. Yeah. And I can see that clear now. Yeah, that's happens all, but the Bible says in Hebrews chapter two that we let the promises slip, <laughs> yeah. and that's what we've done. We 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 didn't believe God would really do this for us because that's all. Um, do I deserve it? You don't have to. The promise was made while you were yet sinners. <laughs> yeah, really, they yeah. weren't even born. Correct, weren't even born. See? And the Bible says that we were all born into sin, so we get that. So, but see, up to us. To say, okay, now, this is the one we say, now faith is. We shouldn't think now faith will be. We said no, now yeah. faith is. Yeah. So let's enjoy it yeah. now. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I get that now. Like yeah. I said, Amen. That, that, that taught me and I just kept it. I mean, that, that hit me that time. Amen. That's good. That's what we're here for, to help you to grow into the grace that God has called you into. Thank you for being on the call. Area code 773-985-9153. Area code 773-985-9153. How you doing, my granddaughter? Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Okay, she's away from the phone there. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll talk to her personally. <laughs> Area code 404-536. 7829, any uh, questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Oh, yes, I just um, appreciate, I just appreciate the ministry and and just gleaning from everything you said. I just appreciate everything about it. Amen, amen. I, it, it's, it's good. I promise y'all that, you know, most of the times when I get to say these things, I'm, I'm hearing them uh, the first time the way that it was stated, and it just blesses me, you know. Because these are some of the uh, uh, scriptures that I have studied. I know that, and I know them, but it, 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 it God breathes on them afresh. So thank you for being part of the uh, ministry tonight. And as I always say, the, um, that um, if the ministry has been a blessing to you, then we ask you that you would go to the website and find the Donate tab and allow God to tell you the seed that you should sow here at uh, .com. Um and, and so that we can all uh, continue to be fed uh, the truth of the uncompromising word of God come out from under the, uh, the the bondage that the devil has held us in and enjoy the liberty that's in Christ Jesus. So just go to the website, look for the donate tab, and then God will uh, uh, tell you what seed that he would have you to plant here at LiveDeliverance.com. And you can also tell your friends how they can listen and participate in the broadcast here on uh, Monday evenings from 9 till about 10.30, and so that we can um, uh, invite them into uh, the blessing that comes out of the Word. So until the next time that we get together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Until the next time that we get together, love y'all and be blessed. Amen.